This episode of Geek Loves Nerd is brought to you by DrawYouAPicture.com, where you can get me, your host, to draw you something, a logo, a graphic, an illustration, a profile picture for Twitter, perhaps, for pretty darn cheap. Check it out today, DrawYouAPicture.com. Also brought to you by GoToMeeting and GoDaddy.com, where the code PODNAME121 can save you money on your next domain name. Geek loves Geek nerd. nerd. Trying to find something in common since 1996. Geek loves nerd. Sing along, Jen. Ah, uh, no. Wow. Sorry. <laughs> Just jump in there and eat, eat that microphone. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. She has it. Hey, guess what? What? It's Gig Gloves Nerd, show number 68, brought to you the week of February 16, 2010. Hi, I'm James, I'm the geek. And I'm Jen, and I'm the cool nerd. Wow. Yeah. Why did that make you growl? I don't know. There's just something about being close to a cool nerd. Yeah. It's like sharing a room with Sarah Palin. That's right. Oh, it's awesome. So, yeah, welcome back to Geek Loves Nerd, episode 68. And um, we're just a husband and wife team that do a podcast. And, yes, we are a team. Are we a team? We play football. Together, <laughs> really, with two people, we're a two person team. Amazing, it's awesome. We could square dance, you know what? No, you need more people, don't you? I hated square dancing, I did too. It was terrible. That's not what the show's about, folks. The show mm-hmm. is about me and Jen and our struggles and our opinions and our triumphs and our triumphs. <laughs> the two motorcycles that we have <laughs> called triumphs. We don't drive Harleys. No, it's a show about us. If this is your first time joining us, um, I apologize in advance. This yeah. is going to be a show just like all the rest of them, and you're going to hate it, and mm-hmm. you'll never listen again. But no, we just kind of bat around ideas. The show all started back in the day because Jen and I said, you know what? We got some pretty good opinions. Well, I don't know if they're good, but we can definitely eloquently express them to the people. Mm-hmm. And Jen said, that's the dumbest idea I ever heard. I will never do a show in my entire life. Didn't you? I, I think so. Yeah. But I won. She's doing the show. It's episode 68. We're on our way to 100. 68. Oh, my gosh. I, I've had 68. all this time. I know. I've been fighting it. And, for and 68, 68 times or 67 times so far, you've said you would quit. Yeah, I, I will. Yeah. I, I'm going to quit before 100. It's awesome. 68. I That's know. crazy. I know. I was going back through the, uh, through the archives listening to the first episode. And the first episode, we were recording in um, an apartment mm-hmm. in uh, Lee Summit, Missouri. Mm-hmm. And we pretty much hated life. The ghetto of Lee Summit. Yeah. and uh, But we did. We hated where we were living. We yes. hated just about everything about our life. Mm-hmm. And um, maybe even each other a little bit at the time. Teeny bit. Teeny bit. And uh, so today, actually, between that and an email that we got today, we're going to talk a lot about hope today. Just the concept of hope, having hope for the future, 
feeling optimistic about the future, but y- you know, even beyond that, just what does hope mean? How do you have hope that things are going to work out when bad times are upon you or when challenging times, when, when you can't see a clear line between where you are and where you know you're supposed to be or where you hope you're going to end up? What do you do? How do you handle it? And uh, that's kind of our topic today is hope. So I hope it's good. <laughs> that's so dumb. Hey, uh, weekly update time. Do you okay. have one? I think you should go first. Okay, here's mine. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't get to say it and nobody's listening, so I'm going to say it here. Okay. Because I totally forgot it. Jen, Jenna was going through making up all these um, Valentine's Day cards. And, and, and uh, Jen uh, had her write her name on each one of them. So Jenna's writing her name on them all. And then to save time, and also because my wife lost the sheet of paper that had all of her friends' names on it, she starts saying, Jenna, I want you to totally recall every name in in your class, every child's name. No, she said she knew them. Well, how many kids are in the class? Twelve. Twelve. She knew maybe six. Mm -hmm. So she did pretty good, about 50%. But she starts naming them off. And there's, there's, uh, you know, what, Geoffrey and... And Jocelyn and, you know, just random kids, boys and girls name. And suddenly I hear my daughter say Brock. And that name just kind of stuck with me. Somebody named their kid Brock. And at first I'm like, why does that sound weird? Is it because it sounds like block? (laughs) You know, is it because it sounds like a chisel of some kind? I don't know. Then it hit me. I'm like, if your name can be perfectly enunciated by a chicken, (laughs) then you have a weird name. Brock? (laughs) So, yeah. You've just offended every listener out there who has a child named if, Brock if you or is or named Brock. If your child is named Brock. It's kind of a cool name, Brock. <laughs> It is not cool. If a chicken can say your name and call you out, you go on a field trip to a farm and you keep turning your head. Mm-hmm. What? What? And the chicken's like, Brock? Hmm? Brock? <laughs> Quit calling my name. Leave me alone. You're going to make your kid insane. Hmm. It can be a problem. So, yeah. I'm sure Brock means, in, in the ancient Hebrew, make fun of this name and you've blasphemed the Holy Spirit. That'd be my luck. Probably. So, great. You'll get an email. Yeah. From God. Mm. Sorry, your reservations to heaven have been canceled. <laughs> We've already given away your mansion. Mm. It was a timeshare anyway. Oh, well. So, yeah. what What's your weekly update, dear? I'm not as sick as I was last week. That is awesome. That's a good weekly update. Would be thrilled to hear that. <laughs> yeah. No, Jen, Jen, this junk's been keeping people sick for a long time. I'm it still coughing, been. and I've been gone. Uh, I've been going on since like n- January. I still blame the state of Florida. Yeah, you've had it since like mid January. Now so you're talking about the month. government or the location? The location. We could bring a lawsuit, a class action lawsuit against the state of Florida. Yeah, bronchitis yeah. has been going around, and yeah. somebody needs to pay. And some sort of sinus thing. Yeah. I've had sinus pressure. Yeah, I had it, and it's gone now. I have no hope. No hope for the future. The sinus pressure will go away. Maybe, perhaps I should talk to Brock. But your, uh, your friend Tim told us today that the cold, the cold weather is leaving after a week, and then it'll be time to go to the beach. That's what he said, but they don't have any kind of beavers or anything to see their shadow here. It's not a beaver. Oh, what is it? It's a groundhog. Well, they don't have any groundhogs seeing their shadow here. That's in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. I know, but that's Groundhog Day. In Florida, we have a seagull. <laughs> and it's around no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> if a seagull can say your name. <laughs> oh, Lord. 
Speaking of seagulls, hey, um, you know what? <laughs> GoToMeeting is the easiest to use. It is great. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Turn a call into an instant online meeting in just one click. It's affordable. As many meetings as you want for just $49 a month, and it's the most secure. It substantially reduces meeting-related expenses, reduces overhead related to meeting materials, and with voice over IP included, call in uh, via the phone or your computer. It's awesome. You can check it out at GoToMeeting, and uh, it's free for 30 days just because you listen to Geek Loves Nerd. But you must visit GoToMeeting.com slash podcast again. Go to meeting.com slash podcast for a free 30 day trial. Try go to meeting. It's easy to use. And uh, it's just, it's almost impossible to explain over the phone something visual when you're trying, especially when you're talking about computers. So use what your mama gave you. Go to go to meeting and check that out. Also brought to you today by a wonderful listener, uh, a, a new one, a new person to really the show, new? Dean Piercy. Really? Yeah, never heard of him before. So Dean's so nice. Yeah. Thank you for another one. If you'd like to um, you know, contribute to the betterment of Geek Loves Nerd, uh, we'd love a five dollar tip. Uh, is that what it is, a tip? Yeah, just give us five bucks. Okay. Or a dollar a show. How about that? That's four dollars a month. Who can't afford that? That's right. Hook us up, PayPal us. Um, but you could do that directly through geeklovesnerd.com and then click on donate. And uh, Jen and I will thank you. And if you donate $100 or more, Jen will record and send you your very own song. I will not. Yes, you will, by God. <laughs> All right, main topic time. Oh, wait, my week- weekly update. I, I got an iPod Touch today. No, you didn't. I, I did, by I God. I happened to uh, let this you use mine. it, but uh, anyway, sorry. <laughs> no, I did. I got one. I couldn't help it. Uh, both my co-hosts on uh, Nobody's Listening got iPod Touches. Mm. And I was so dang jealous. And, uh, and they, they got them for Valentine's Day? Yeah, well, one of them did. And the other one got it for like his birthday or Christmas or something. Mm. Too bad nobody loves you. Nobody does in my family. But uh, I, I thought it was funny. I launched the lightsaber app. Mm-hmm. That uh, And my daughter, you know, was slinging it around. And I trust her. She mm-hmm. knows about technology. My son, he wants to mess with it. So I'm like, I'm going to hold it in his hand mm-hmm. and kind of move it around. Before I could do anything, he's transferred it. He's palmed it like a magician. <laughs> he it. I was still following his right hand. It's in his left hand. And he's going. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. And his hand doesn't even go all the way around it. I'm like, that dude is throwing around nearly $300 mm-hmm. in one hand. Yes, he is. It's ridiculous. So there's our main topic. I hope you enjoyed the show. Yep. So until uh, next time. Yeah. I loved you. I loved you too. So main topic is hope. Okay. Let's start with the uh, voice or the email that, that kind of uh, solidified our topic for today. Cause I wasn't too sure we were going to talk about hope cause we don't like to do two heavy shows in a row. And last week was definitely easily the heaviest show, but we got the mm. most positive feedback ever. Really? Yeah. That's good. Um, James and Jen, I wanted to say how much I enjoyed the Growing Up Saved episode. It's amazing to me how God can bring people through what the two of you grew up with to be the people you are today. Uh, These are the kind of episodes I like the most because they highlight the practical parts of Christianity. I don't even like the word Christianity because the way the world views us. Hearing a real-life couple go through the uh, same issues and struggles and fears as everyone else helps to paint God as approachable. Uh, keep up the great work and never be afraid to make people feel uncomfortable. Hmm. I really appreciated the definition between question marks and doubt. Doubt doesn't leave room for God to work. I like that. I've been struggling, though, with hope lately. 
And I'd like to hear something about that on an episode sometimes. You know, when things are hard and you have faith, but you need hope to keep you going. Lately, I've lost my hope that God will or even wants to do certain things in my life. And I'm okay with God's will not being what I want it to be. And I understand God's sovereignty and all that. But I find it especially difficult to wait patiently with hope. I'm not sure if hope could be a topic for Geek Loves Nerd or not. I know how hard it is coming up with content every week, so I thought I'd throw that out there. P.S. Your family would fit perfectly at our church. Just don't visit on Rattlesnake Sunday. Hmm. And that's from Robert. So thanks, Robert. Um, let's go back, though, to uh, to the first episode of Geek Loves Nerd. Okay. We were sitting on two chairs in our one room, basically, living room slash Dining room, Dining room slash, slash kitchen. <laughs> Jenna to this day calls it the upstairs house because mm-hmm. all the bedrooms and bathrooms and stuff were upstairs. And um, we lived in this apartment because we sold our home mm-hmm. kind of on a whim. Yeah, that probably wasn't the best move. Well, I don't know. I mean, you, you, I don't know that I want to go through this whole thing second guessing everything yeah. because. It worked out the way it did. We we actually sold it with the intention of buying a, a slightly bigger house. Right. We had a, a starter home, really, and we were looking for something that fit us a little bit better. Right. So so we you know had 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 uh, gotten a deal, and we went out to look for a home. And if I remember correctly, we got really really close to buying something. Mm-hmm. Was that the point? It was a brand new home. Am I wrong? Two different brand new homes. Yeah. We were pretty dang close. And to. we both times said no. And it was because we really felt strongly God was leading us otherwise. Mm-hmm. We just, yeah. I remember I, and that's oh, why I wanted that house so bad. And, you're, and, and you did too. And then you were like, uh-uh. Yeah, I, I just feel like we shouldn't. And Jen was mad. I was so mad. <laughs> at first. But then, you know, she trusted me and on and on and on. And, and we just, we walked away from it. <clears throat> and what happened is we, we bumped into the summer. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and we we didn't have a house. Mm-mm. We yeah. felt like we weren't supposed to buy. Well, some things that happened at work that made work suddenly a big question mark. Were we going to stay or not? And nothing deep, dark, and evil. It was simply someone that we really, really wanted that we wanted to work with. Suddenly, felt God was leading them in a different direction. They left the church mm-hmm. under the best of circumstances and started a ministry in St. Louis. And so. We were at a point where we're like, dude, we don't want to buy a house just in case we go with. Mm-hmm. And then the summer hit, like I said. And so all of those things combined led us to move from our home to an apartment. Mm-hmm. Am I right so far? Yes. Okay. And uh, what did we think about the apartment? The apartment was pretty cool because it had a big garage. Yeah, where all of our stuff was. And all of our stuff went in it. Yeah, but there was there was very very little living space in the apartment. I mean yeah. the the bedrooms were fine, bathrooms were fine, and all that. But it was so tiny. The living room, dining room slash whatever area was very tiny. And uh, was this after or before we ended up living with our friends for? That was after. So and so we got to add that in there somewhere. And you can also throw in that that um. In the process of all this moving, after we had actually moved out of our house that we had sold, I found out I was pregnant. So mm, 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 I was mm. I was probably by the time we lived in an apartment, I was about two or three months pregnant, four or five months. I don't know where I was. So we started this podcast in a weird, weird time in our life. Yes. Where we're kind of in limbo. We're about to have another baby that we're not ready for. I mean, 
Well, you had Jenna's nursery painted and ready like four months before she was born. Yeah. We didn't even have a place to, well, we had a place to live, but we had a two-bedroom townhome that was very tiny. Jen, tell the people what you thought about this townhome, because so far you've been pretty generic about it. It was terrible. She hated it. It was really noisy, and it was really tiny. We were between two other we, people. And and it was it was not a nice area. And one of the there families a, fought a lot. Yeah, I was going to say, there was a lot of fighting that went on. There was, it was just police. It, it wasn't wasn't a great place to be, especially moving from a nice, fairly quiet house with a lot more space mm-hmm. to that. Um, yeah, and all your favorite stuff was out in the garage somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it didn't feel like a home at all. We, you know, everything was mostly still packed up. And all that compared to possibly living in a brand new, built from the ground up, customized for our enjoyment type house. With five bedrooms. Oh, oh my gosh. It would have been um, rad. Well, <sighs> right in the middle of all that, I don't mind telling you that it was not a lot of fun. No. Everything was up in the air. The future was up in the air. And we had committed to living in this place six months, waiting on God, mm-hmm. waiting on some sort of answer. Did we go or should we stay? And I'm going to tell you, every other week, I think I could have gone one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Half the time, I wanted to leave and get away, the, and mostly just because I wanted the situation to change, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm sick of waiting. The other half wanted to um, was too afraid to leave. And wanted to hurry up and buy a house just to appease everybody, just Mm -hmm. to make us feel like we had some sort of stability. Right. But I remember on the worst of days, the one thing we held on to was hope. Was this random concept that I believe beyond anything that I just basically abandoned myself to this belief that God had us in the palm of his hand and that he had a plan. And one of the reasons why I had why we had this is because early on, before all this stuff started, and I even have it written in some notes that, that we had a, a meeting with our boss, God had told me one thing randomly in a prayer or something, and he just said, outlive this, outlive this. And, and I don't know, I'd have to go back and listen to past shows. I'm sure it's come up mm-hmm. in, in, in past shows. Outlive this. And that's all he said for like the whole three years. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Other than no, you can't buy a house and no, you can't ultimately leave, um, which is the end of the, you know, kind of the end of the thing there. But outlive this um, was the was the thing that I held on to almost like a, a, a rodeo rider would hold on to the horn or, or a rope with one hand. That was the thing that kept me going, kept us going. And what it said, he didn't say survive this. He said outlive this. And what that meant to me was two things. One, that at, th- there was going to be an end. Mm-hmm. And two, and hand in hand with that, that I was going to be alive on the other end. Yeah. He didn't say, you know, it, outlive this means it will die and you will be still alive. The other thing, it, it didn't say, sur- he didn't say survive this because you can survive something and still not be what somebody would call alive. Right. You can be in a vegetative state. Yeah. And you've, you've, and survived. you've survived. Yeah. And or mortally he, wounded. He wanted us to be living, mm-hmm. in my opinion, better off at the end of whatever we were about to go through. And at the time, I had no context for it. And that's the thing I want to keep putting out there throughout this. If there's an impression I want to give, is that the end of the story was it's turned out great beyond what we could have hoped for. But in the middle of it all, there was absolutely no clear line. 
I mean, if you'd asked us where we, that we were going to end up in Florida at this awesome church with an awesome boss who used to be a children's pastor that understands everything I'm going through, mm-hmm. and, and my wife was going to be happy, and my kids were going to get to go to school for free, there is no way in the planet I would have thought, I would have thought you were insane. If you'd have come up and told me that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wouldn't have made any sense at the time. So please understand, you know, just like the three Hebrew boys being led to the fire had no idea if God was going to save them or not. They didn't know the end of the story. We didn't either. Mm-hmm. And I just remember being in that room, that same room we recorded the first couple episodes of Geek Loves Nerd, that, that living room slash front entryway slash bedroom. Mm-hmm. I mean, not bedroom, but, you know, I had my office in there under a stairwell. All of that. In that room, we we had a lot of struggles and a lot of crises of faith where we're like, what are we doing? Yeah. What are we doing? How did we end up here? We had a home. We had security. The job used to be something we wanted to stay with forever. Now, what in the world? Mm-hmm. Everything had changed out from under us. I don't know. Share a little bit of your side of all that. Cause well, um, one thing that keeps coming to my mind is, you know, when, when you go through struggles, when you go through, you know, times where it's, it's the, you have to deal with things you don't want to deal with, I think God has a way of bringing you straight on with the things that, um, with, I guess your own personal struggles in your life. Does that make any sense? Am I being clear? When you're going, when when you go through these times, it seems to push the buttons of your weaknesses. Yes, the most that you that it is, preys on the things that you're most insecure about. It, it forces you to face things that that you kind of hide from. Face, you know, like you said, your weaknesses. And one of ours turned out to be that we were very secure in the fact that we had made good decisions. Mm-hmm. We liked the fact that we weren't in debt. Right. We took security in that. We liked the fact that we had a home and two cars. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I think a couple of them were paid off. Yeah. And they were all paid yeah, off at the time. Yeah, for the house. <laughs> yeah. And um, so we were mostly out of debt, mm-hmm. short of a mortgage. Um, we, we, we took solace in the fact that we had a job that we expected to be at with no foreseeable problems in the future for the rest of our lives. Right. Um. We, we were in the right school zone, you know, school district and all the mm-hmm. different things. We had carefully planned out everything. And th- suddenly all of that was ripped out from under us. Not only that, the possibility of a steady paycheck possibly. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the, the dream of a new home was ripped out. And, and nothing that we had our security in suddenly was very secure anymore. Right. Ultimately, we found that, you know, as random as everything seemed, that God had a purpose for it. And in our case, it was helping us to find our security in Him. Mm -hmm. It's very clear in the Bible that uh, everything we need is in Him because He has every good and perfect gift. And uh, He will not allow us to, uh, to suffer Beyond what we can bear, he's going to provide us a place to stay. He's going to give us food to eat. He's going to give us clothes on our back. Um, he cares about us more than the birds and more than the flowers. And uh, But in the middle of it all... Yeah, it doesn't seem like Well, that. you couldn't see God, could you? Mm-mm. No. Hindsight being twenty twenty, we see him all over it. Right. But, you know, you're raised up believing a certain set of things that... that 
I don't know. Maybe it's the I, trick of our childhood that you, you're not going to have as many problems if yeah. you're obeying well, and if you're I making think, good choices. I think Christians, I think it's probably a problem with the whole Christian culture is that they they never talk about the fact that God will probably ask you to do a lot of things or go through a lot of things that you would rather not do that don't seem fun. It mm-hmm. always seems like God has, you know, it's like he knows what's best for you much better than he knows what you want. And so, but you think, you think of God almost like Santa Claus, yeah. like God just wants to give you great things. He's just going to bless you and just overflow yeah. you. And he does. He does. He is a God of provision and, and he does bless you. But he also puts you through Hades on earth sometimes. Right. Well, Again, balanced against the fact that he won't put you beyond what you can bear and that it is for your good, but... He allows us, yeah. Because That's why I don't trust people that don't struggle if with their you Christianity. Don't, if you don't go through those hard things, you know, if you don't face your weaknesses head on and really have to deal with them, then they'll always be there, your weaknesses. They'll always kind of hound you in the background. See, we learned also that you can have joy in these situations. I know we're talking about hope, but joy comes into place. And let me, let me define it for you, how I figured out what joy was because you hear pastors say it all the time joy is not necessarily being happy it's not feeling happy well what is it it's this i've learned that joy comes from being right smack in the center of god's will for your life joy is not feeling happy joy is knowing that you're right where you're supposed to be so even if life stinks you know first of all it's his idea second it's temporary. Third, it's for your good. And fourth, it's for his glory. Mm-hmm. There's a purpose would be number five. And I think that's a given after all the others. And with all of that, that's where joy comes in. It's not feeling happy. Oh, no. Uh-uh. Not a bit. You don't it's, have to like it. It's more like peace. It, it's, it, well, peace and, and, and joy are hand in hand, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Just knowing that you're in the center of God's will, knowing, because the opposite of joy is misery, and that's what you have when you're going through all the same junk, but you don't have that knowledge of, I'm, you know you're out of God's will, so there is no guarantee there's a purpose. There's no guarantee it's God's idea. There's no guarantee that there's an end in sight, and you may not grow, and no one may be glorified except for you know the bill collectors or whatever mm-hmm. the situation has to be. So when you flip that again, then you can start seeing joy back in it again. Right. And the struggle was that I, I just, at the end of the day, had to choose to believe one thing in order to hold on to joy, in order to hold on to hope. And that is I had to believe one little thing that God loved me. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's the only thing I could hold on to. And and to me, it's important to have those things because you can say, I know this. And and, and uh, what I'm doing, if you can't see me, and, and most of you can't, is I'm, I've got my hand and I'm making a, uh, like a, like a, like I'm climbing a mountain and I've stuck a stake in the side of the hill. Okay. You've seen these mountain climbers, they'll, they'll, They'll pound a stake inside the, the hill, they'll run the rope through it, and then they'll go up to the next step. And then if they fall, they're only going to fall as far as that stake in the mountain, okay? So you've got this image in your mind. That is my stake in the mountain. If I can, I, I may go up five or six other levels and believe God for this and that and the other, but if I fall, 
I can never fall farther than that. When I'm down at the end of my rope, the, the knot at the end of the rope is this. God loves me. I can believe that when I can't believe anything else. And I held on to that. We held on to that through the whole thing. Because if you can believe God loves you, then logically a lot of other things start happening. And the first, one of the first ones is hope. Actually, one of the first ones is faith, but the other one is hope. And and hope simply says, I believe since God loves me, he's got something else other than this planned. Mm-hmm. There, there, th- there's that. And that's what, that's what I kept in the most frustrating days of those times. I would look at my wife and I would say, I don't even hardly believe it myself, but I know God has a plan. I know he's not going to let us stay here forever. We have hope. Faith is hand in hand with that. Faith is simply believing that God will do what he says he will do. And I found that going through the scriptures, and in, and if you don't want to do that, get online and look for the promises of God. Again, faith is not believing that God will do whatever we want him to do. Because God rarely does everything I want him to do. Faith is believing he'll do what he said he would do. Now, the problem comes in if you're not in God's will. And Jen wanted to address some of that. Because all so far everything we've said has applied if, you're, if your heart is wide open to doing what he wants and you're following his lead as best you can. But if you've made a mistake, screwed something up. Well, also, if you're just, if you're holding on to the wrong thing, I mean... Uh, just for an example, um, I found, you know, I really held on to money as a huge security, which, you know, obviously people do. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but your money can be wiped out so easily, even if you make the best dece- decisions in the world, if something comes up that you have no control over. But um, I guess you just really have to turn around and look. Are, are you holding on to, a, say, a job that that really it's not the best thing for you. It's not the best thing for your family, but you're holding on to it because you, you don't want to think about doing anything else. Or are you holding on to a, you know, just a situation or a habit? Yeah. And, um, or, it, a, or a particular lifestyle. Right. And it's that the thing that's making you miserable rather than, you know, you're just, just kind of going through a, a level of time. income. I mean, there's a hundred other securities, yeah. anything. Mm-hmm. And what God really did to us is he shook all of that away. Yeah. It made us completely dependent on him. And the minute we got it all squared away, things started turning around. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the, of the story, or not even the end, but in the middle of the story, God said at the end of the six months, no, you don't get to go. Mm-hmm. And by that time, we were at peace with that anyway. And um, what did we do? Is that when we just bought a house? Yeah, we, we bought started a house. looking for houses. We're like, yeah, okay, we're staying, we're getting to buy a house. And we, and that's when I tore through that house, that janked up house, the flashlight house. Mm-hmm. You still see pictures on Flickr under flashlight house. I, th- I tore through that thing in what, four weeks or six weeks? Mm-hmm, four weeks. And uh, yeah, two weeks cool. before Jen had the dunder, mm-hmm. we were in there. And yeah. uh, I think the weekend before you had the child early, I got the the nursery done. Yeah. Oh, I remember that. <laughs> I remember yelling at you with my pregnant hormones going nuts saying, we've got to get this thing done. <laughs> and for our trouble, um, God gave us a house that was exactly like the one we were going to have built mm-hmm. with the exception. And you hear people say these particulars and they sound so dumb. So I'm going to sound dumb, mm-hmm. but it really happened. 
And that was, there was a couple of weird things with the bathroom. You remember when I talked to the mm-hmm. builder and I said, if you will turn the closet 90 degrees, you won't have to have this stupid small doorway that you have to go through sideways. I had to go through mm-hmm. sideways. This house had it turned 90 degrees. To where, really? Yeah. You remember that? <laughs> yeah, you know? I do. And then, and then the other thing was that weird pantry at the top of the front mm-hmm. stairs that, that was made out of the cabinet material, but it was in the living room. Yeah, it looked And it looked odd. like a cabinet from the kitchen was in the living room. That was gone. Yeah, it was and it had the the what the sixteen inch extension on the second mm-hmm. level on the back. I mean, every premium thing you could have. Now, granted, it was a piece of junk house that we had to totally <laughs> scour, but yeah. we saved a, a buku of money. Mm-hmm. And the other part was that if we hadn't walked away from those brand new houses, it was right after that. We had no way of knowing that the housing market was going to bottom out, the economy was going to go in the toilet, and there are still houses sitting there in that same uh, area. That aren't even finished being built. There's just foundations there. How were we going to sell that house uh, three years later mm-hmm. when God said, by the way, you can go to Florida? Yeah. Here's a new job for you. <laughs> I mean, we barely walked away from the uh, ghetto house with you know without losing a, a fortune. Mm-hmm. We did okay, but that's because we waited. We were patient. We trusted. And, and God rewarded that. See, along with love, believing God loves you, you have to believe that that He just knows more than you do. Mm-hmm. And just because you can't see it doesn't mean that He doesn't. I always think of it like um, with the kids. You know, I'm sure most of what we tell them seems like the most ridiculous thing. Eat your vegetables, go to bed. Yeah. You know, all the not fun stuff. But, you know, when they follow what their parents want them to do, generally their life turns out pretty dang good. And I think that's the same way with God. We have no idea. You know, we're like kids to Him. Right. We have no idea what's best for us, really. I did, but an, we think we do. I did an illustration one time that was exactly that, and uh, I did it at a, as a sermon. But uh, I'll tell it as a story now. My daughter was playing in the trash one time, and um, and I told her to stop. I told her to get out of the trash. She was she was really young. And the thing she didn't know, she didn't want to quit playing with the trash, but the one thing she didn't know is I had gotten a blanket and laid it out in the living room, and I'd gone and popped a bowl of popcorn, and I wanted to sit down with her, just me and her, and eat popcorn on a blanket and just talk and have a little popcorn party. Mm-hmm. She was, you know, she's totally into that kind of stuff. But she was playing in the trash, and she almost ruined the whole thing because when I told her to stop, she didn't want to. Mm-hmm. She wanted to keep digging around in the trash can. It was gross in there. It was nasty in mm-hmm. there. But it was fun to her. She's playing in the trash. She didn't want to stop. She didn't want to listen to me. She didn't know what she was mi- possibly missing out on. She couldn't see what I had done. She didn't know. Mm-hmm. But the moment she stopped, and thankfully she didn't pitch a raving fit, we were able to walk over, sit down, and have this moment. And it so much reminded me of the way we are with God. We're in the trash, playing around. We think it's fun. We think it's great. Mm-hmm. Best we thing have, we could oh, imagine. Yeah, it can't get any better than this, but it's trash. <laughs> yeah. We don't even know it's trash. Mm-hmm. And God's like, leave the trash alone. No, no, no. I've worked hard to, to create this situation <laughs> that I'm in. I love it. I have security in it. It is fun. Watch mm-hmm. what I can do. Pick up trash, throw it back in. Mm-hmm. And God's like, no, no. But we can't see the alternative. He doesn't... A bribe us with the alternative. He doesn't tell us what we're heading toward. He wants us to trust him. He wants us to obey him, not because there's this big fat reward, but just because we trust him. And then when the moment we turn away, 
yeah, there might be a little, a few steps around the corner where we don't know what's going on. But eventually we walk around the corner and there's the popcorn party. Mm-hmm. And we have not only spent time with God, we've trusted him, we've shown him we loved him, and there's a reward at the end, one we didn't know. I, the way I explain it to kids is if I asked you to give me, and, and this was a few years ago, when Game Boy um, Advance first came out, I said, uh, or no, Game Boy uh, DS came out, the DS. I said, your Game Boy Advance, if I gave you one, what, what would you think? Oh, that would be awesome. And then if I asked you to give it back the next week, what would you say? No way. But what if I said, what if uh, what if somehow you knew if you gave me that DS, or that thing, I'd give you a DS? Oh, goodness, yeah. I'd trade that in a, in a heartbeat. I said, I could, tr- I could promise you anything you give God, it, it, you're going to trade up. Mm-hmm. It's the new lamps for old concept from Aladdin. You're going to trade up. And uh, and that's where hope is, is just trusting that God is bigger than you, bigger than your situation. Read the Bible. I mean, there's promises in there about light and how it, it, it outshines the darkness, how even a little bit of light pierces the darkness. Um, Behold the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plan to, to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in a future. Um, and if you don't have strength to do anything else, strength to pray or anything else, just stand, just stand. And I, and, and I would say back to my, my mountain analogy, just hang on, just hang on. And, and don't think you have to flex your spiritual muscles and just grit and bear it. To me, giving in to believing in God and trusting in him is almost the same as giving up. Mm-hmm. Because even when you're gritting your teeth and sinking in there and standing, it's still in your strength that you're trying to hold on. And the same way we give in to temptation sometimes after struggling against it and we give up and feel terrible, I think it's the same way when you give up to God. It's like the nest he plunge. You just give up and say, God, I, I can't do anything else. But instead of falling away, I'm going to fall toward you. And I'm just going to simply trust and I'm really, really, really going to put it in your hands. And you're going to seem like you're being lazy if you're performance-based like Jen and I are, firstborns, mm-hmm. type A's. Yeah. You're going to feel like you should be doing something. Mm-hmm. God rewards those who help themselves. You know, all these different ideas will go through your head. But I'm telling you, you do what you can do. You do what's possible and let God do what's impossible. Anything out of your control is not your responsibility. It's his. And uh, those are the hardest things to let go of. It's the things you can't control. Yeah. So I don't know. Gotten kind of deep again, but hope hope's a big thing. Well, it's a big thing. People walk hard. through their whole life without hope. Yeah. You it know? is, and it's hard to explain. It's hard to explain all the stuff involved in it. But what's awesome is once you put God to the test in this way, in a good way, the way he wants you to, after it's over with, you move past hope into faith and past faith into trust. See, faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the things, it's just basically belief, which is the only proof you have at the time that God's going to do something awesome. But once he does it, you move into trust. And so you're not hoping he'll do it. You know he will. He did it before. He will do it again. Right. I know for a fact. Yeah. Well, and it's like once once you face those things that, that, you know, your weaknesses, just the, just things that really bother you, and you face them head on, they're no longer that little fear in the back of your mind that, you know, that, that this could come back and get me, even though things are going well now, things could go bad later. Right. 
And so... Well, perfect love drives out fear. God wants you to cast your cares on him. He cares about you. You know, it's his problems. He's the potter. We're the clay. He's got things under control. It's like you looking down at an ant hill, a line of ants on a, on a street. You can see far ahead. They can't. You know where the obstacles are. They don't. Um, God can see the things we can't see. It's not like a Bed Midler song. From a distance... There is harmony. God does see things from a distance, but he is also right there where you are in the moment. He understands you and cares about you. And, uh, you know, the Bible says at the end of uh, the love chapter that faith, hope, and love abide. But the greatest of these is love. Faith, hope, and love are always going to be intermingled and mixed and connected. But I think there the love abides because God is love and that hope branches out of that. You know, my kids don't have so many, they have so many things they don't have to worry about because they, they, they know I love them. This morning I was dropping Jenna off. Mm-hmm. There was another lady dropping her son off and he was crying and holding on to his mom. And, you know, there's a hundred different reasons why parents, you know, kids would do that. But I really got the impression that this mom and this kid don't have the greatest relationship. That kid looked at his mom as if he doubted she, she might not come back. Mm. Meanwhile, my daughter, not to toot my own horn, but... I kiss her and she can't wait to go. No, she's thrilled. She knows, though. She's secure. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt. She doesn't even, she has hope and doesn't even realize it. Yeah. She has a certain amount of, it's beyond faith, it's into trust, but she she just knows certain things because she has no doubt that her father and mother love her. And plus, if I forget, she knows you won't. <laughs> Somebody will get her. Somebody. She's so cute. Somebody will take her home, <laughs> by God, so... Anyway, it's good stuff. So, um, I don't know. Hope. I hope that I hope that answers some of your questions there. Just just keep on going. Hang in there. Trust that God has something better on the other end because the only time God can fail you is if you quit. If you quit. And the stinky thing is you'll go through all that same junk anyway. You'll just have broken whatever plan God had for you at the other end. And so hang on out of spite. Almost like Jacob did, like I said, uh, on on last week's show, battling with with, uh, pre-incarnate Christ, the the angel. He he was just ornery. Mm -hmm. Almost, it seemed like something he shouldn't have done. Mm -hmm. But that's exactly what God wanted. He wanted Jacob to wrestle all night until he got what he needed, the blessing that he needed. And uh, just hang in there. Stand. All right. Um, it's time for us to move into a product review. We really need, you know, some sort of bumper. Yeah, some sort of nice segue. Yeah, because there's just nothing. Speaking of hope, Speaking let's do of a hope. product review. <laughs> product review. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, the iPod Touch. I was hoping we could talk about cereal. Oh, well. I'm you, just kidding. I'm sorry. <laughs> Go on with your No, iPod, iPod Touch. Touch. Um, so far, I have downloaded. First of all, I got to say, I'm absolutely in love with every part of the iPod Touch, except for the default wallpaper. Really? Yeah. When you first open it, it's a big picture of the globe. Mm. You're, you're Apple. You couldn't have found anything more amazing than that. Mm. But yeah, I love it. I, I should have got an iPhone instead of a, uh, a Palm Pre. Everything about this thing is better than everything to do with my relationship with you. 
With me? I'm sorry. Did I say that out loud? <laughs> you did. Good Lord. I'm so sorry. But no. Uh, plan- so I could walk out tomorrow and if your iPad touch was still As here. long as it was charged and synced, I'm good. Okay. For at it, least three hours. If it wasn't charged Until and synced, I got then- hungry. Oh. This thing does not feed you. Wow. Although there is an there app. There is an app for that. For pizza. Really? Uh-huh. I think you can order Papa John's or something or something through it. But no, it is it is absolutely awesome. My favorite app, of course, so far. Yeah, whatever. It has a lightsaber. And music. Nobody cares. Everybody cares. This is mostly a girl show. See, this is me and you having an argument, and it's symbolized by this. Uh. Down with you and your evil ways. All right, turn it off. <laughs> okay, so there's that. Um, uh, rock band is on here. Well, of course. A piano for the love. Listen to this. It's like... Three, five, five. So... I got the T-Pain app for the love. So would you say that that you really enjoy your iPod Touch? I do, and I would give it uh, 100 stars out of five. Wow. I know. That many more fives. You'd love it. I love it so much. I want to play you a little something. Oh, my. What? I don't even know which one to play. Uh, here we go. This is Jen and I singing In Love with a Stripper by Jenna T-Pain. And I said you. Jenna and I. Oh. Okay, here it is. So stinking awesome. <laughs> You'll hear Dunder in the background too. I don't See the boy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Have fun. That's so great. That's bonding right there. You had her singing, I'm in love with the stripper. I'm in love with a sandwich. Come on. Ah. What's wrong with that? (laughs) I'm in love with a sandwich. It's awesome. (laughs) So, yeah, go get an iPod Touch and give it to Jen because she's jealous. I am a a, a teensy bit jealous. She's wanting to somehow share it. Mm -hmm. How does that work? It's mostly mine, and you can use it if you ask. (laughs) (laughs) Even though I bought it. (laughs) Well, that's your problem. Maybe you should spend your money on other better things. Oh, my gosh. Okay, Ask Jen. It's time for Ask Jen. (laughs) Oh, thank you for that custom. custom I will sit down and work on it this week, and I will get us some good sounds. Hi, guys. I have a question for Jen, but James can answer, too. Thank you. 
What do you guys do when your kids drive you absolutely crazy? Thanks. Love your show, Mimi, Memester from the forums. Uh, we we go, talked about this, didn't we? We go crazy. We go absolutely nuts. We had one of those nights the other night, didn't we? Yeah. What did we do? We just kind of struggled through it. Yeah, prayed. that's what we mostly I literally do. prayed out loud. We and, try different things. Sometimes we send them to their room. Yeah. But that doesn't work. They always come back out really quick. They do. Like they in a minute. They have something to show you. Or somebody hits somebody. I think or, they set up times to hit each other. Or Jenna Jenna will dress the boy in something and parade him out there. Usually Dora. <laughs> yeah, it is. Which, which is horrible. Funny. <laughs> it's not funny, and it's not funny at all. Um. And sometimes we try TV, but sometimes in those times, they don't even want to watch TV. You'd be surprised how quickly they get tired of RoboCop. Mm-hmm. But no, um, I pray out loud. I say, God, please don't let me destroy one of our children mm-hmm. before the evening, before bedtime. But seriously, on the days where it really is bad, um, usually um, it's Jen. Really? Yeah, usually it's Jen. I just have to say it. She's she she's with them a lot more than I'm I am. Because I'm with them all day. They Nobody's dissing crazy. you. Nobody's dissing you. You always said usually it's Jen. That sounded like dissing. It did, but I want to say it's because she spends the most time with them, and she's got the most to get frustrated with them because they're mostly like me. Yes. And that's sad for her. And they have like the attention span of an ant. They do ants. I've talked to uh. several, <laughs> and they're they're just like I got to get some dirt and carry it around, and it's like no, we were having a conversation. <laughs> Anyway. I hate ants for that reason. We we don't do well when the kids drive us crazy. So what I'll do, though, is, and we've done this for each other, mm-hmm. is you just take them. One of you takes them. And, and in the if, days like where it's really, really bad, both of us are equally insanely freaked out with them. We will trade them off. And we'll say, okay, I'm going to go off for an hour or two. Mm-hmm. And w- I, whichever one it is. I usually offer to go first, gentlemen, out there. You offer to go first. And I do. Most of the time. Oh, I thought you meant you offered to go off first. No, no. I offer to take the kids first because yeah. uh, a, a happy spouse is a happy family. Mm. Ding. Ding. But um, so anyway, that's how we do it. And so it, and this was in Kansas City before we had any people that we could leave them with. Nowadays, it's a little easier. We could probably call somebody and say, we need to go to dinner alone. And somebody would probably take yeah, them probably. for an hour. But before that, yeah, we just had to trade them off. And like when we were sick, we had to do that. When we mm-hmm. were both terribly tired, we had to do that. Once in a while, we used to like take them shopping or something, which wasn't very fun. We but did it, that all the time, actually. Yeah, in we Kansas did that City. all the time. We'd load them up, and we called it the Coles Best Buy trip because mm-hmm. there was a Coles and a Best Buy right next to each other. Jen would take one of the kids and go to Coles. I would take the other kid and go to Best Buy, mm-hmm. and some most of the time it was Jenna. And then later in life, when when Dunder rose to his full potential as the most annoying member of the family, <laughs> yes. I started taking him. Yeah, you do a good job. He's terrible. And for sometimes me. I would take both. Yeah. Many times I would take both. Once in a while. But he hadn't met his full potential yet. He hadn't. He hadn't. Yeah, risen. he was. He was actually not bad to take places for but a now, while. Now, now he's, he's evil incarnate. Horrible. His fits. So. If you want more information, please refer to two episodes ago. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I hope that answers your question there. Yeah, we d- we don't do well. We just have to share it. I mean, it's just like everybody else. We're not magic people. Mm-mm. So, and sometimes I just go out and I have a conversation with an aunt. <laughs> you suck. And we got an email too. Uh, James, I listen to all your shows. I listen to all your shows because I relate to them all. So I appreciate what you and Jen do. On the last episode about being raised saved, you talked about what you were exposed to, but not a lot about what you believe now. I would agree, I would disagree with that, though. I think that was exactly what we talked about 
mm-hmm. um, that we are, you know, in many ways, the result of our upbringing. And I think you've got a big, wide gambit, you know, an idea of what we believe. We're pretty, I think we were. But anyway, he says, if you were to claim a denomination, what would that be? Or if not, what core beliefs or tenets of your faith um, do you perceive prescribed to thanks again wayne aka mini james and i wrote back to him and basically said we didn't go into denominations and specifics because i didn't choose a denomination and then start believing what they believed mm-hmm. i i tested and approved and and found uh my own my salvation with fear and trembling and then i matched that to a number of you know mm-hmm. sects cults oh my God. just kidding and um i found the one that that you know it's not perfect anybody a part of it will tell you it's not perfect but i believe it's the best boat float and uh we ended up with the assemblies of god i am a credentialed minister with the assemblies of god and uh and and so we're those uh tongue talking pew hopping people Although we don't hop, that's these. not as prevalent as you might think. Mm. But we we uh, basically have sixteen fundamental truths that we prescribe to. And if you type in ag.com, you will get American Greetings, not <laughs> <laughs> not ag.org. I know. I look over. It says Love Dating and Beyond. Yeah, so that's what we believe in. We believe in red roses. <laughs> but the sixteen fundamentals, just to go through them real quick, since you ask, is we believe. The scriptures are inspired by God, that there is only one true God. We believe in the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, We believe um, that man willingly fell to sin, that every person can have a restored fellowship with God through salvation in Christ. Uh, We believe in water baptism and Holy Communion. We believe um, in baptism of the Holy Spirit as a special experience following salvation. We believe in the initial physical evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues. Dun, dun, dun! We believe in sanctification. We believe sanctification initially occurs at salvation, although it's a process, uh, meaning that you know you get saved, but you get cleaned up over time more than likely. Uh, we believe uh, the church has a mission, and that is to save people, uh, even you. And uh, we believe a divinely called and scripturally ordained leadership ministry serves the church. So basically, we believe that I have to be a good boy. And we believe in divine (laughs) healing. And we believe that people do get healed, except for um, amputees, apparently. What do you mean? uh, It's just a bit of sarcasm there. I've never seen an amputee grow an arm back. Um, We believe in the blessed hope that basically Jesus will come back and claim his church and uh, hopefully it'll be a little nicer than the movies that were made in the 70s or 60s. And we believe in the millennial reign of Christ, which I'm not real sure about. All I know is that at some point in the future, uh, Jesus will come back and reign for a thousand years. You basically believe what the Bible says yeah. about he will, the uh, revelation. I do know more than I'm letting on. I just think the Millennium Falcon should be involved. <laughs> and we believe that a final judgment will take place, that everybody will stand before Christ and uh, God and all that. And uh, they'll give a accounting for their sin. Thankfully, for those who have their names written in the Lamb's Book of Life, who has been saved and transformed by the power of uh, Jesus dying on the cross, we will pretty much get a free pass. <laughs> Why are you doing that? I don't know. I was just feeling a little superior. Sorry. <laughs> Why? That's horrible. Oh, I know. I don't know what happened there. I, I hate people like that. And yeah. there it was. And there you were. Ah. So, anyway. uh we, we look forward, uh, the last one is 16, we look forward to the new heavens and the new earth. Basically, we, we believe not only has mankind been redeemed by what Christ did, that eventually 
Um, his goal is to redeem creation as well, which is pretty awesome. I should probably be a little more green than I am with that in mind. Yeah. I'd, hate, I'd hate for Jesus to be cleaning the earth and him look over at me and say, did you leave this here? Did you recycle? <laughs> is this your mess? And I would say, yes. I've, I was using recycled paper clips, so um, we're and good. In 17, there's only 16, but if we were to add one at the end, we would probably add something about NASCAR. What do we believe about NASCAR? That it's of the devil. Oh, that's right. No, I do, we don't. They actually probably think it's really great, but I don't. Yeah. Jimmy Johnson, 48. So basically, as the Blues Brothers said, you could summarize all that, we're on a mission from God. Mm-hmm. So get with the program. So there you go. Now that I've alienated all the Baptists who listen and Church of God in Christ and um, Nazarenes. The non-denom. Yeah, the non-denom. Um, Catholics. Everybody who listens to the show, just imagining that... I bet he's part of us. Um, I am. If you believe in Christ, we are brothers and sisters. And if you don't, I'd like to be your brother or sister. So anyway. Hey, we're going to get out of here. All right. Um, website, geeklovesnerd.com. Uh, forums are there. It's great. Email us, geeklovesnerd at gmail.com. Call us two. Why do I start with two? Because you're 9203-G-L-N-G-L-N. Thank you, chat room, for joining us tonight. You can join us every Tuesday night at 9.30 Eastern at geeklovesnerd.com slash watch-live. It's awesome. Till next time, Jen, I loved you. I loved you, too. Yeah. T-Pain. Yeah. It doesn't fade out on its own. <laughs> Mama.